TKM Incorporated in Moss, Tennessee is a construction company that specializes in erosion control, seeding, and soil, hydro seeding, hydro mulch, minor excavation, and silt fence. They also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their business is keeping people safe, but their passion, their mission, is they wish that all men could be saved. TKM has adopted the nickname, The King's Men, because as they serve you, they also serve the King. If they could provide any of their services for you, please contact them at 931-243-3958. That is 931-243-3958. Or you can contact them on the net at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. TKM Incorporated is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor specializes in asphalt demolition, concrete finishing, and heavy hauling. This family-owned business is licensed in Alabama and Tennessee. You can contact them for any of your construction needs, 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660 or three W's and a dot sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. As a college student, I spent a lot of time in the community of Velvet Ridge, Arkansas. Now, Velvet Ridge, Arkansas is this little community just north of Bald Knob, Arkansas, and just south of Batesville, Arkansas. If you're driving up Highway 167, you come to this little wide spot in the road. There's a Church of God on the right, two gas stations, and the Velvet Ridge Church of Christ. You go just a little bit past the Velvet Ridge Church of Christ, and there's on the right side of the road where they used to have a Titan II missile silo. The good folks at Velvet Ridge weren't worried about the Cold War. They were all going to be cosmic dust if the Russians decided to launch an attack on us. They've since decommissioned the Titan missiles, and so I don't know that they worry about that anymore. But you go past the Titan II missile silo, and the county changes from White County to Jackson County. And that county line was also a road. Now, in those days, it was a dirt road. And now it's a paved road. Times have really, really changed. But you go up that road and it splits into three. If you turn left on that road, you, you'd end up at Jackie's house where she grew up. Go down under the hill and that's where David Green lived. And you go all the way out to the Jones place. If you went straight, you go out to where Aaron Russell grew up. And you could probably follow that road all the way to Missouri. And if you turned on the right side, you'd pass Granny Wallace's house and go all the way down under the hill and, and you'd be on uh, Mr. Veach's place. Well, between Granny Wallace's house and the highway on that little dirt road was, was a family called the Russells. Uh, Francis and Leon Russell lived there and their children. They had a teenage son named Avery, a teenage daughter named Monica, and a little bitty girl named Diana. And as a student, I'd go out there on Sundays and I would teach Bible class and sometimes preach for them. I would even sometimes fill in preach for them. And I preached a lot at Velvet Ridge and spent a lot of Sunday afternoons. I ate a lot of Sunday afternoon meals at the Russell House. Uh, I ate a lot of meals uh, in that community with, with lots of folks. But Avery and I w- were particularly good friends. 
and uh, I spent a lot of time at, at their house. And I'll tell, I'll, I'll spend some time later and I'll tell you some trespass, I mean, some hunting stories that involve uh, Avery Russell and myself. But I want to talk about Diana. Diana, this little bitty blonde haired girl, and she's just strikingly blonde, almost white blonde. Well, she grew up and she married this guy. I don't even know how they met, but she, she married a guy named Darren Sterling. So I go back to visit the Velvet Ridge community, and this child that I knew as just a toddler is now a grown lady, and she's married to this guy, and he lives across the road from Granny Wallace. And he is a mountain of a man. I would hazard to guess that he's about 6'5", maybe even 6'6". Six, six. And he's broad shoulders, and he has that uh, slow Arkansas accent, and uh, I think he works at a place where they make the silver linings that go into the bags for potato chips. He works at some kind of a factory, and he raises bees, and, and he's an outdoorsman. Now, what you got to understand about this guy is as big as he is, he's so kind and he's so gentle. And he was the per I'd be out there, and he'd want me to do something. And he never wants you to do something for him. He wants you to do something because he's doing something for you. And he'd be like, hey, Lonnie, I want you to use my four-wheeler. Or, hey, Lonnie, I want you to use my hunting stand. Or, hey, I've got this spot scouted out, and I've seen some deer, and you need the hunting. And I was like, Darren, I don't need to take advantage. And he would say, if you don't, it'll hurt my feelings. <laughs> and that's his go-to. He wins every argument by, if you don't let me do this for you, it'll hurt my feelings. That's, that's how gentle he is. And I it's just so incongruous to hear a big guy like that talk about his feelings being hurt. But he's the perfect guy to be the father of two little twin girls, Hallie and Hattie. God bless them with these two little cotton-top blonde-haired girls. And it's been my extreme pleasure to watch these kids grow up. And now when I say watch them grow up, I, I don't spend a lot of time in, in the Velvet Ridge community. You know, we'd occasionally go back, you know, for different visits and things, and I'd see them at church. But I've actually seen more of them through pictures than I actually have in person. Because, you see, I get these pictures from Darren of him taking these little girls hunting. You picture this guy who's six five or six six and walking through the woods with these two little blonde-haired girls who don't even come up to his knees, holding their hands in their little camouflage jackets, and and he'd take them turkey hunting and he'd take them deer hunting. Now, as they got older, they began to realize, well, if it's your turn to shoot, then I just get to watch. I'll just stay home and and I'll go. And so now he takes them one at a time, and and, and they've killed turkey and they've killed deer, and I love. To, to, to get the pictures and the videos because Darren will get a video camera or his phone and, and, and he'll video these girls shooting deer or he'll get them after they've shot a deer and to hear the emotion in his voice and, and to hear the excitement and the pride in his voice over this, you know, one of these tiny little blonde haired girls killing a deer or killing a turkey. It, it is one of the most enjoyable things I get to do on Facebook or even on my private text messages when I get these messages from Darren and to hear him so out of breath and so emotional that he's so proud of his daughter. Well, I get a text from Darren and it included a, a picture. And it's a ground level picture. You're, you know, you're kneeling on the ground and you're taking a picture and framed in the picture is one of these little blonde haired girls. And she's sitting behind this trophy buck, a nice Arkansas eight point. And, and all, I mean, all you can see is the deer, the girl, the rifle, and then just a little bit of the background. Well, I got to look into that background and said, I think I know where they're at. 
And, and so I pulled up a, a Google map and, and zoomed in on the place and I put a dot there and I said, is this where you're sitting? <laughs> and Darren texted back, apparently you know this spot well. And yeah, I, I know that spot well. It is familiar territory. I, I've hunted that lots and lots of times. Now, when Jackie and I got married, I didn't hunt. And I didn't know that there was this property around that, that you could hunt in Arkansas. And when she'd want to go to Arkansas for the holidays, I'd say, honey, you're making me leave Alabama right in the middle of deer season. And she's like, well, you can you can hunt out there. And, and, and lo and behold, I get out there and there's lots of places to hunt. Now, the crazy thing about hunting in Arkansas is, is Granny Wallace owned a little bit of property and her dad owned some property. And Granny Wallace deeded some of the property to the grandkids. So Jackie got, you know, 14 or 15 acres and Shane got 14 or 15 acres and Troy and Diana, all the cousins got, you know, some, some acres. So there's a lot of property out there. Now, the crazy thing is that a guy that lives under the hill, David Green, hunted part of Jackie's property. And instead of hunting on the actual Wallace property, I would hunt on Granny Wallace's property. I would hunt on uh, uh, RV's property. I'd hunt on Bonnie McDonald's property, and I'd hunt on Daryl Treat's property because that's where this you know, they had this big section of land that kind of connected, and and they just let me hunt out there. You know, I, I sort of grew up in that community, and, and folks had let me hunt, and so me and Darren hunted these places together. Well, I, I'd been on that property a lot. So if you're sitting on the ground looking at this girl in this picture, and you move to the left, there's the tree that I climbed when I cut that vine and, and got that stuff on my hand that, that caused that infection that Jim Goins had made the poultice for. If you go straight behind where she's at and you go all the way through the woods out to a little clearing, that's where I sat in this cutover and this, this lane cut through the woods under a pine tree with my climbing stand in front of me. And this little buck walked out and he knew I was there but didn't know what I was. And I got to watch him. I've got some video of him. He'll look at me and he'll duck his head and he'll look up. He'll take a step or two and he'll turn around and look and he'll prance and jump around. He's going through all these antics trying to get me to move. It's pretty, pretty comical. If you're sitting there looking at that picture of this girl and her deer and you look to the right, there's a pine tree. And that's where I was sitting in a pine tree in 430 in the afternoon, the day before Thanksgiving one year. I watched a mountain lion walk across that opening. That mountain lion walked across the open and went to a little pond. I've sat at that pond on a hot, hot day in July. We were out there visiting Jackie's mom and dad, and I got my rifle. I thought, I'll just go out there and sit by that pond, and I'll shoot turtles. Well, there were no turtles, and I ended up shooting wasps off the, off the top of the pond. If you're looking at that picture of that girl, and you go behind where you're, if you're sitting looking at the girl, and you go behind where you're sitting, there's, there's another pond, and there's a double tree that had a wooden stand in it with a bucket that you could sit on. I sat on that bucket and killed the first buck I ever killed in Arkansas. Underneath the big pine tree where I was sitting when I saw the, the mountain lion is the place Tyler sat with me, my son-in-law, when he killed his first deer using my rifle. Yeah. I'm very familiar with, with that territory. And, and because I'm so familiar with that territory, even though I didn't shoot the deer, even though I wasn't there holding the deer, I understood where she was at, and I understood what she was experiencing, and I understood it from ground level because it was familiar territory. It's important in our lives to find people who, who understand the territory. Now, they're not going through exactly what you're going through. They're not doing exactly what you're doing. They didn't kill the buck that day. 
they're not standing beside the coffin you're standing beside, but they've stood beside coffins. They're not dealing with the marriage problem that, that you're dealing with, but they've dealt with marriage problems. They haven't experienced the tragedy you've experienced, but but they've experienced tragedies. And, and sometimes to be familiar with the territory doesn't even have to be that you're familiar with it through just experience. It may be that you're familiar with it just through education. You know, when, when you talk to people who, who deal with substance use and disorders and, and a lot of a lot of talk in, in the uh, addiction treatment community is that, hey, unless you've been an addict, you can't help an addict and you don't understand an addict. And I guess there's some truth to that. But I've never been a deer. But I understand how a deer thinks. I understand what a deer wants. I understand how a deer travels. I understand when a deer travels. I understand enough about the way a deer behaves that I can predict his movements and I understand enough about that I've outsmarted a lot of them I don't have to be a deer to understand a deer and to understand what makes them vulnerable and so when you're going through something and you're experiencing something it doesn't have to be apples to apples it can just be as this person have enough maturity and wisdom to understand the territory I'm in They've experienced life from the ground level. And all they're not on the ground with you right there, they recognize where you're at and can offer some perspective. The reason it's important to, to seek out a counselor or a mentor or a minister or a chaplain or peer support is because there are people in our lives that have familiarity with the territory and although they're not actually going through what you're actually going through it is familiar to them and they don't have to be there at the moment to understand where you are at the moment and not only can they see it from your perspective they can also see it from a view from about ten thousand feet and see everything that's around you that you may not be able to see at the moment don't be afraid to, to, to search out and find those resources. And sometimes we think, well, you can't possibly understand it. You, you don't po-. Well, they do. If, if I have to repair the transmission in my truck, that's a life-altering event for me. But the guy at the transmission shop has probably done 10 or 12 of those this week. And so when I understand that, that you know, hey, you know, this is new to me. This is an experience I've never had, or at least this is an experience unlike other experiences that I've had. It it may be that I'm familiar with tragedy or death or sickness or disappointment, but this is bigger. This is a a grander scale. And and it may be the first time I've ever done it, but your minister, your therapist, a counselor, a friend, a mentor, a peer support person, they've seen this several, several times. And don't be afraid to seek out people who are familiar with the territory. And, and, and on the flip side of that, look at your life and, and look at what, what you've dealt with. Look at the things that, that you've understood or have come to understand simply by experience. Experience is not what happens to you, but what you do with what happens to you. And experience is that thing that qualifies you to help other people go through it. You see, if you really want to know why you're on the planet, and, and you know, th- th- there's those of us who who we think we have a mission on the planet. And, and there's there's the thing that I do that I get paid to do, 
in the thing that I do that I think I'm here to do, those things are super, super similar. My ministry, my counseling, my work as a chaplain, you know, those are the things that I get to do on a daily basis, but they're also, I believe, my service to humanity, my service to my community, my service to mankind. And, 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 and those things are really, really close. But if I didn't have a job like that, if I didn't have these opportunities and, and I just worked at a factory, sometimes it's, it's very easy to go, well, you know, I'm not making a contribution to the world. I'm just producing a widget. I'm just doing this production line. I'm just writing these lines of code. If you really want to understand, you know, maybe what your purpose is, take a, take a look at what you're familiar with. Take a look at what you've gone through. Because if you've experienced a death, a loss, a tragedy, a divorce, a disappointment, you've overcome a disease, you've fought back from an injury, anything that you've gone through probably qualifies you in some way to help somebody else go through it or at least gives you that perspective. So in addition to finding people who have had experiences that can guide you through your experiences. Once you've gotten through something, you are now qualified to help other people go through it. And, and the reason that you're qualified to help somebody else go through the things you've experienced is, is not because you become some expert. It's not because you've got a degree or a doctorate or you have some kind of credential. The credential is simply this. What you're going through is something I've gone through and I can help you navigate through familiar territory. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them. You can bring your ladies group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707. 615-371-8707 or you can go to three W's and a dot worldchristian.org find the donate here button and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel World Christian Broadcasting in cooperation with Keeping Up With Jones the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive spiritual development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with life, controlling your inside space a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. 
Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.